What's happening, everybody? A couple of SEC guys making their presence felt on the biggest stage. The Super Bowl. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC. Your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And what is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. A reminder, new customers, join today at FanDuel, and you will get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. We've got plenty to discuss. Didn't get a chance to talk to you guys tomorrow, uh, yesterday, so let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Around the conference. Yeah, and still recapping the action that happened Sunday night. The Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl with several former SEC guys adding rings to their trophy case. Now, some doing it for a second, some doing it for a third time. But amongst the contributors for the Chiefs on Sunday night, former Georgia wide receiver Mecole Hardman. We'll get to him in a second, but... Uh, Florida right tackle Juwan Taylor, Kentucky DB Mike Edwards, Mizzou linebacker Nick Bolton, uh, Tennessee right guard Trey Smith, LSU running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and of course, from Mississippi State, linebacker Willie Gay, and probably the best one of the best defensive players in all of the NFL, defensive tackle Chris Jones. But on the other side, it was former a former Tennessee Vol getting the scoring going for the San Francisco 49ers. It was former quarterback turned wide receiver Juwan Jennings delivering the first touchdown of the game on a trick play. He got a backwards pass from Brock Purdy, then threw a pass across the field to Christian McCaffrey, who broke it for the game's opening touchdown. Now, Juwan Jennings also had a short catch over the middle of the field that he broke through contract contact to get in the end zone for another touchdown, and uh, Jennings became the second player in Super Bowl history to post a passing touchdown and a receiving touchdown in the same game. Of course, Nick Foles did it with the Eagles with the Philly Special several years ago. But it was the Georgia wide receiver, Mikko Hardman, stealing the spotlight in overtime. Uh, Hardman delivering the final blow as he scored a walk-off game-winning touchdown, taking the pass from Patrick Mahomes. And uh, Hardman, pretty crazy, did not have a catch in the AFC Championship game. Had just two catches for five yards in the playoffs prior to Sunday. But in the Super Bowl... Former Georgia stud, three catches, 57 yards, and the game-winning touchdown. It's pretty, been pretty cool to see Miko Hardman making the rounds on, like, the Today Show and a bunch of different places, uh, national shows all throughout Monday. So, look, every year it feels like there's a former SEC guy coming up big on the biggest stage in the Super Bowl. But congrats to all those guys who added uh, championship rings to their trophy case and, you know, Kind of cool to see guys that, you know, we got to cover in the SEC or uh, guys that we interviewed, like Dre Greenlaw I got to interview a couple of years ago. You know, all these guys that um, you know come through either SEC media days or we catch up with in other realms and then go on to big, be big stars in the NFL. Very cool. Um, I don't know if anything's going to top what we had a couple of years ago when we had, uh, you know, it's always fun when you have the high-profile SEC versus SEC quarterbacks like we had. Matt Stafford from Georgia and Joe Burrow from LSU playing each other in the Super Bowl. That was really cool. But uh, 
hey, I'm sure it's not going to end anytime soon. I'm sure we'll continue to see big-time SEC guys on the biggest stage in the Super Bowl. All right, in some other current uh, SEC news over at Alabama, uh, became a final. Uh, we did tell you guys over the weekend that Ryan Grubb following uh, or heading to Seattle before he even coaches a game as Kalen DeBoer's offense coordinator at Alabama. And it was uh, confirmed that the Crimson Tide also losing offensive line coach Scott Huff. Huff, of course, coached the Joe Moore award-winning O-line at Washington last year. And according to Tom Pelissero, Huff joining uh, the uh, staff over there with the Seattle Seahawks. He will be their new offensive line coach. And so Kalen DeBoer having to find a new O-line coach and find a new offensive coordinator. We expect we'll hear some movement there. Again, rumblings that maybe Kirby Moore from Missouri could be in play for that OC job. Other notes going on around the conference. Over Florida, their strength coach Craig Fitzgerald, who was hired uh, just a couple months ago from the New York Giants, he is heading to Boston College to join former Alabama OC uh, Bill O'Brien, his new staff. Uh, Fitzgerald worked with Bill O'Brien at Penn State. Billy Napier putting out a statement saying, I want to thank Fitz for doing a great job during the five weeks he's been in Florida. He's been very professional, well-respected individual. We understand these decisions are part of the profession, and we all have been putting these dynamics at one point or another. This game is about relationships, and Coach O'Brien and Coach Fitz's relationship goes way back. Uh, Fitzgerald's hiring came after Gators Director of Football Strength and Conditioning, Mark Hawk, was reassigned to focus on, quote, a transition into the coaching element. So unclear yet if he'll take back over that role, but uh, Craig Fitzgerald, five weeks at Florida. Uh, we saw Ryan Grubb and Scott Huff a couple weeks at Alabama. Just kind of crazy how these coaches, like, you know, they take a new job and then something else opens up. So leaving this job for that one. Uh, over at Tennessee, uh, it was rumored over the weekend, became official. Uh, Jerry Mack, their running backs coach, is officially leaving for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So a little bit of a hole there for the Vols to fill. I uh, also want to say kudos to Josh Heupel. Amid the NCAA investigation at Tennessee, uh, the NCAA looking into potential NIL violations, Josh, he Josh Heupel wrote on Friday in a declaration supporting the preliminary injunction that is seeking to stop the NCAA from enforcing these rules. He wrote, um, because of the risk of injuries in college sports, an early NIL deal could be the best or only deal that uh, a player might ever secure in college. The current NIL environment is complicated for everybody involved. But the NCAA rules are vague and confusing, and they frequently change, and they sometimes conflict with the NCAA's prior guidance. So Josh Heupel getting a lot of praise for the stance he has taken publicly against the NCAAs. A lot of people tend to be doing as of late. All right, over Texas, we know that uh, Arch Manning is going to be backing up Quinn Ewers this year as the uh, second-string guy, and Eli Manning was making the rounds at Super Bowl week last week doing a lot of media, and he appeared on the Zach Gelb show, and he was asked about Arch Manning's potential plans at Texas. And Eli jumped to the defense of his nephew, Arch, very quickly. He said, look, Arch picked Texas because that's where he wants to be, and that's where he wants to play football. He likes Coach Sark. He likes the offense, what they're doing. He knew last year he was going to go. He was going to go redshirt, get a little playing time. He said, but the plan was yours would – uh, you know, go there and, and learn and wait his turn. And that's exactly what he is doing. Eli went on to say he understands the current era where players transfer very easily after just one year, but 
He said, the fact you could transfer so easily now doesn't mean you should just do it just because you're not playing right away. A lot of quarterbacks when I was in college, that was always the game plan. You redshirt, you sit a year, you have three years of eligibility. He said, that's what I did at Ole Miss, and I think it helped me. I know Arch wants to play, but being patient and continuing to learn can be very good as well. Uh, I'll continue to bring this up all throughout this offseason. Quinn Ewers can't stay healthy. Quinn Ewers missed some games this year at Texas. He's probably going to get hurt again next year. And they're going to need Arch Manning probably to start a game or two. Uh, just just guesstimating, but, you know, it's, it's happened throughout Quinn Ewers' career. So, just something to keep an eye on there next year. Arch being second. He'll, he'll be second string to start the year most likely, but he's going to play um, at several points, I think, next year for Texas. Speaking of Texas, Paul Feinbaum on Jocks FM on Monday with Greg McElroy and Cole Kublik talking about uh, who he thinks is going to be the playoff mix heading into this uh, upcoming football season. He said he's got Alabama in the second tier of SEC teams in the playoff mix, along with the likes of Missouri and Ole Miss. But he's got Georgia and Texas in the upper echelon. He said, look, I might have had a little more confidence uh, in Alabama a couple days ago, but without knowing the OC situation, I still think there are many great players on the team. I think Kalen DeBoer is a very competent coach. It's going to come down to one game, and it's going to come down, uh, you know, I see Alabama possibly losing a game or two, but uh, he said it's just a matter that uh, one game, do they win it, get in the playoffs or not? Uh, but he said, I believe the coaching staff will be able to handle it. So we will see uh, what happens there with SEC teams getting our right, A couple other nuggets here before we continue on with the show. Uh, SEC Hoops Players of the Week are out. Uh, Tyrese Radford from Texas A&M and Colin Murray Boyles from South Carolina honored by the league. Tyrese Radford averaged almost 25 points and four and a half rebounds a game last week. So uh, tremendous for him. And then Murray Boyles averaged 23 points, eight rebounds and wins over Ole Miss and Vandy. He uh, uh, against Vandy at a career high 31 points. It was just the third 30 point game by a Gamecock freshman since joining the SEC in 91-92. Uh, by the way, only a few weeks left of SEC hoop chat action, a rough loss on Saturday for Kentucky. They fall to Gonzaga, marked the first time Kentucky has ever lost three straight home games at Rupp Arena. So pretty crazy stuff there. And one more note here on SEC baseball uh, gets underway starting this weekend. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a huge SEC baseball fan. Every year we always do mix in some SEC baseball talk and Obviously, the last few years has been a lot of fun to watch with Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and LSU all winning national championships. So uh, somebody from the SEC very likely to hoist the uh, trophy once again in uh, Omaha. But we got a long way to get there. Uh, Florida hoping to possibly be that team as they agree to a contract extension with their head coach, Kevin O'Sullivan. That'll keep him in Gainesville through 2033. Nick Delatore of Gators Online reported the news. The two sides came together on a new extension a month ago. Kevin O'Sullivan been there 17 years already. Uh, crazy how quickly time flies. But it'll carry an annual average salary increase from $1.2 million to $1.8 million, which will make him the SEC's second highest paid coach. So uh, he's a three-time SEC Coach of the Year and ranks third among active Division I coaches with a 681 winning percentage. 13 first-round MLB draft picks have come through his program since 2012. That is Second most nationally. So, Kevin O'Sullivan, congrats to him. Tremendous head coach. And um, we'll see what he is able to do with the Florida Gators this year. All right, thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, our conversation from Senior Bowl week. We were able to catch up with a couple of Florida Gators. 
So we'll bring you our conversation with wide receiver Ricky Pearsall as he heads to the next level, uh, trying to be that next big NFL star here on Locked On SEC. First, I want to remind you guys, this episode presented to you by friends over at FanDuel. Look, get your buckets on with your first bet over at FanDuel. It is America's number one sports booker right now. New customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. And they got all the great NBA action up there for you. They got quick bets, live uh, same-game parlays, exclusive props, and much, much more. What you want to do is go to their website first. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make sure you put that locked on in at the end of FanDuel.com. That's going to get you the special promotion we just told you about. Again, 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. Uh, once you get signed up, then download the FanDuel app, and super easy to use. Every day you can wake up and check out all the great action they got there for you and start getting in on it. Uh, fun time of year, NBA season's coming to uh, the all-star stretch and then the back stretch of the season. and going to be a lot of fun getting in on that action over at FanDuel. They are FanDuel, they are the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Hi, right, along here at Locked On SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Shout out to everydayers. Come on back. Tomorrow on the show, we got uh, plenty of stuff to get into, including some way too early top 25 uh, rankings. So we will uh, get to that on tomorrow's show. But first, uh, just last week, we were at the Senior Bowl. We caught up with a bunch of former SEC stars and didn't get to bring all of them to you. So here are a couple of Florida Gators. We start with Florida wide receiver Ricky Parasol, who started his career at Arizona State and then the last couple of years spent them at Florida and was a big-time playmaker, took a huge leap forward in his uh, progress on the field and put up a nice monster year there for the Florida Gators. So without further ado, our conversation with Florida wide receiver Ricky Parasol. Pleasure to be catching up with Ricky Parasol of the Florida Gators and uh, finishing off an awesome career. Got better every year he was uh, in college. Of course, started at Arizona State last two years with the Florida Gators. And what's it like uh, finally being done, man? It's got to feel weird. I know when I finished college, it was like, man, all right, this thing's over with now. Yeah, no, it definitely felt weird just because I was in college for five years, you know, five years of playing under my belt. So, you know, when the last game finished, it was an emotional roller coaster for me. And, you know, I didn't believe it because the next day I was like, do I have somewhere to be? Like, and then especially after I graduated too, I had a few moments where I was like, I got homework today, but I, I graduated, I don't got nothing. Yeah, I think I said two years at Arizona, three years there. Um, what was uh, obviously a lot of ups and downs, roller coaster of moments there in Florida. But uh, this year, last year, anything stand out like the one moment you're going to take away? It's always going to stick with you. I don't think there's one moment that's going to stick with me. I think the building of relationships in that building is honestly what stuck out to me to the most. I'm always going to remember the, the friendships I built with uh, my teammates. I'm always going to remember the coaches and the, the relationships I built with them. So I think taking that with me is going to, you know, be more important than anything else. The win over Tennessee, though, that was a good one, right? Oh, yeah, for sure, definitely. <laughs> that was a good one. Obviously, all the wins and all the games and the moments and enjoying the fans, you know, because we got great fans over there enjoying all the games in the swamp. That's probably the best environment in the country. So, you know, I appreciate all that. The game against South Carolina with you, 166 yards. That was a pretty good day. Yeah, that was a pretty good day for sure. <laughs> Looking back on it, though, I mean, obviously, you know, a year ago you had Anthony Richardson, and then this year you had, uh, you know, Graham Mertz. What, what did, how quickly did Graham get in there and adjust? Because, I mean, you look at the numbers, he had a, an outstanding year and almost probably not talked about enough the year that he had. Oh, yeah, for sure. He had a great year. You know, all the guys are really proud of him. It all just started the first day he got in, to be honest. I knew 
as soon as I met him, he was ready to get to work. I actually met him, he had his binder in his hand and he was learning the plays right away. Um, but he's just a film guru, man. He's always up in the film room, he's always studying, he's always trying to work at something, get better, communicate with other receivers, you know. And I think his work ethic grew on guys and all the guys could only respect that of him. So, you know, he won the team over and from there it was just him playing his game. Talk about college life in Gainesville. Obviously, you come from Arizona State, not a bad school, <laughs> pretty cool pretty cool party life. My wife kind of has this thing. She's always like, I want to stay, live staying below I-10. Yeah. You've kind of kind of had, I mean, from Phoenix over to, to Gainesville, kind of, you know, same weather. More of a, more humidity, though, in the swamp than over in Phoenix, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. No, Phoenix is like the sauna, if you go into a sauna, and then, like, Gainesville is like a steam, a steam room, so it's a little bit more humid, but they're both really hot, so. It, it had to be cool uh, to see the year that Jaden Daniels had. Obviously, you, you guys started together over at Arizona State. Uh, when you were playing with him, though, there, and he was good, but, like, did you ever imagine, like, w one day this guy's going to be the Heisman Trophy winner? And, you know, right now, looking at mock drafts, I mean, he's projected to go very high. Like, did you see something then that, like, this dude's going to be awesome? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Probably from day one, I knew he was going to do that. Um, I think Ryan Clark actually was one of the dudes that called it that he was going to win the Heisman after his freshman year. But... Um, all the guys saw it right away. He came in. He was a super talented guy. But I think what stuck out the most to me about him was his poise. And I, I don't think the lights got too bright from it at all. Like his freshman year, he stepped right up, through for 3,500 plus, I believe, um, and had a really good first year. So, you know, he had a lot of potential. And obviously, you know, we built a really strong relationship. And we're still friends to this day. We FaceTime each other. So, yeah. That had to be weird, though, because it's the Florida defense. I mean, they're doing everything they can, and he's just answering, answering, answering. Were you just kind of like shaking your head and going, that's what he does? Yeah, honestly, yes. I'm, I'm going to admit that I was like, yes, that's what he does. Um, <laughs> he's a tremendously talented player. Um, some of the guys are on the side, and they're like, how do we stop him from running? And I was like, I didn't, I didn't want to say anything because it was like, I don't know what you can do, you know? So he was going to end up doing that regardless, but he's, he's, a, he's a hell of a player, so I'm proud of what he's accomplished this year. Yeah, there was some secret. You could have you could have certainly given it to him. Um, let's talk about you. This week, uh, I, I was at practice the other day. Day one, you were turning some heads. A lot of people saying, oh, really? did you see what Ricky did? I mean, he's one-on-one, seven-on-sevens. He's catching everything. Uh, how do you feel like you've done so far this week? I feel like I had a pretty solid two days. Um, you know, there's a few reps out there that I wish I could have back. I, the first day, I was just getting used to the turf, really, to be honest. I think the first rep, I rolled on my ankle. But then from there, I got used to the turf, and I was running good routes and having uh, good reps that I thought um, were pretty good. Um, I was just trying to put some good stuff on tape and come out here, you know, be able to show that I'm an elite route runner and what I speak about is true. So, you know, I'm always about words and actions lining up. So I was trying to do that, prove my point. I always heard that, you know, that, that was always the, the plus on you. Great route runner and all this and good hands and, and stuff. Well, talking with some of the coaches and people that are here, what, what have they said kind of that, you know, maybe needs the most work in your game? Um, they've given me some good feedback. But right now the coaches are more giving me feedback about the scheme because we're trying to learn this playbook still. You know, we still got a game to play on Saturday. So I think that's more of like the coaching points. Uh, and I think they do, well, what they explain too, they, they get, do a good job of giving us the tools to use. And then we got to go out there and be the players that we are because players we are, you know, got us to where we're at today as, as well as the coaches we had in the past, of course. But um, I think they do a good job of giving us tools and letting us go out there and ball. Just a couple more for you here. Uh, adjusting to Coach Napier and his scheme, uh, how was, how difficult was that for you? And, and is it is it player friendly, or did you kind of have a little hard time, uh, I guess, grasping it? 
No, it was extremely player friendly. Um, we actually had individual singlers, so it made it really simple. We could play really fast. Uh, the young guys could come in and play right away. And also, I've had a lot of playbooks that I've been through in my college career, so it was easy to um, obviously learn the playbook that I had with him and, you know, play fast. Last one for you. What was it like playing for him? And look, it's the SEC, so, you know, always under criticism. Coach is always on the hot seat. Do you think the criticism is a little bit over the top for Coach Napier and what he's had to endure? Yeah, it's kind of hard sometimes, you know, because a lot of outsiders don't really know what's happening in closed doors. You know, he's an extremely hard worker. So, you, you know, you got to respect that first and foremost. And, you know, it takes a village to have success over there. So, you know, he's trying to run up the guys, you know, build a strong culture, and I think he's doing just that. So I think if the, the fans and the people can be a little bit more patient with him, you know, that he's going to have great success in these upcoming years. And I'm looking forward to coming back and watching it and supporting all my old teammates and all the young guys that, you know, I coached up a little bit over there. So you got a line of people waiting to talk to you. So we'll let you go. Ricky, thanks for the time, man, and best of luck to you, all right? Yeah, thank you so much. God bless you, man. We appreciate Ricky taking some time. Still more to come here on Locked On SEC, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. Kingsley Aguakin, a big-time offensive lineman there for Florida. Uh, we'll talk with him coming up next right here on Locked On SEC. First, I want to remind you, this episode presented to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. Look, passion, drive, and patience. It's what brings home the winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors, they got everything you need to maintain your vehicle, level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, uh, whatever it is you need for your vehicle, they have got you covered over there at uh, eBay Motors. Uh, they uh, have over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You're always going to find exactly whatever it is you're looking for. They get that eBay guaranteed fit, so your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. And with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, Easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Go keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusion supply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Again, check them out right now. ebaymotors.com. All right, run along here. Locked on SEC. I've uh, been talking to you guys, uh, we brought you almost all of our interviews from Senior Bowl week, except one, and uh, really enjoyed talking with this guy. We had him on at the uh, SEC Media Days, and he was a big-time offensive lineman in the SEC this year. Battled injuries, was in and out of the lineup, but when he was in there for Florida, uh, he was a difference maker, and we saw that early in the season, some big wins that Florida had, and then we saw the backstretch of the season where the run game kind of struggled a little bit at times, but here was our buddy Kingsley Guaca, an offensive lineman for the Florida Gators. A familiar face to catch up with here, our buddy uh, Kingsley Aguakin from over at SEC Media Days. And, look, it take, took me like eight tries last time. I think I got your name right that time. Yeah, you definitely did. You definitely did. <laughs> Let's talk about it, man. The journey from when we talked to you at the Media Days to the season. I know the injury sucked. You, you hate it. Uh, but, man, every time you got out there, especially when you first got back out there, you could see the difference in the offensive line. The run game was working better and all that. Just talk about the ups and downs of the season and what you kind of went through. Yeah, man. So, you know, I got a high ankle sprain a week before our first game. So that's a, a pretty rough injury. It was it's really like a four to six week recovery time. I came back two weeks later for Tennessee because, as you know, uh, Tennessee hasn't beat us in the swamp in about 20 years. So I wasn't going to allow that our team to be the first one to let that happen. Um, you know, it was it was hard, but at the end of the day, it comes with the game. It comes with the territory. 
uh, just have to persevere through those type of things and ultimately just keep my head up and keep working. Did you feel that too, like when you were in there, that the chemistry and, and all the guys around you, that the you were getting continuity in the in the the line play and, and run blocking, pass blocking, all of it? Yeah, I think uh, my presence being back uh, specifically for Tennessee Week kind of just brought a nice morale to the team. I think it energized guys a little bit. And then me just being able to be on the field and use my leadership from that aspect was great for everybody, including myself. We talked with Ricky about um, Graham and the season that he had, but it still feels like he's he's even more underappreciated. It's cool he's coming back to get another season of SEC play, but what did you make of the season Graham had with you guys? I think Sam, Graham, Graham had a, a great season with us, to be honest, uh, coming in. One year, learn the whole playbook, you know, being able to make the checks needed to, for us to be successful. Obviously, he was slinging the ball around, you know, delivering the ball to guys when they needed to get the ball. I think Graham honestly had a really good season. I think he's going to do a lot better next season. Um, obviously, with uh, the offseason, transfer portal being what it is, guys can go elsewhere. The one-two punch of Trevor and Montreal was really good. Trevor's moving on, but Montreal's coming back. Uh, Seems like though Montreal is going to be the guy. Like he he has the skill set to be the feature guy, right? Yeah, most definitely. Montreal's a stud. He's a ball player. Um, obviously, it's not it wasn't ideal losing Trevor, but I think Montreal will be able to carry the load and be able to keep the running game as successful as it has been. It's it's one thing to go you go to transfer portal, you go to another school, uh, another opportunity, fine. But like going to a rival, that just feels a little. Not saying anything about him, but like. Going to a rival is kind of like, hey, man, when we play you, now we got to tackle you. It's a little – makes things a little awkward, right? Yeah, that, I, I think so. I, I don't think I would do it, but at the end of the day, everybody's got to make what they feel is the best decision for them. So, Talk about the season. I mean, we talked about it before before the season, how difficult the schedule was. And you guys kind of battled through. And, you know, about the midway point, everybody's like, oh, Florida's ahead of schedule here. And then all those back, <laughs> like, brutal – game after brutal game hit and and I know it was difficult for you guys but what was it like as a team I mean did you guys feel it like mentally physically emotionally like damn it's a brutal schedule Uh, I don't think necessarily we thought about the brutality of the schedule because at the end of the day we play in the SEC we know what comes with that territory Um, I think it's just more so of a matter of guys consistently executing and being consistent in everything they do for that success to follow and um I don't know if we necessarily did what we need to do for that to happen, and I think that that's why the record was what it was. But um, I believe in Coach Napier and think that he's got a good plan in place. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Coach Napier because I think a little bit he's he's a little maybe unfairly criticized at, at times, but it's what comes with the territory. You coach in the SEC, you're going to constantly be under fire. But would you like most about uh, Coach Napier and, and what he was like as a head coach? Um, he was just a really good person. He really cared about his players, and you could really feel that. Um, you know, you don't always get that all the time, especially in a conference like the SEC. But I think the biggest thing with Coach Napier is he cares about his guys and, and he makes sure that they're taken care of in the right the right ways. Talking with the Kingsley Guacan, and let's talk about you, man. You're here at the Senior Bowl looking to prove what you can do. Um, talking with people out here, what's kind of the, the things you're hearing about your game and maybe what you need to kind of work on looking ahead? So um, kind of the things that have been positive for me, is my athleticism, my ability to run off the ball, reach shades and G's. Um, I'm a very aggressive player. I've always been that way. But going against this caliber of guys, the coaches think that uh, I might need to tone that down at at times because it has got – it it didn't get me into trouble on the first day, but it got me into a little bit of trouble today. So 
you know, just being able to tone down my 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 mindset, I guess you could say, my my aggressiveness, and just being able to be more patient. It was crazy though. I mean, even day one, like when the defense made plays, they were getting loud and hooting and hollering, and like, I mean, you're talking about the best of the best here. I mean, this is these are some of the greatest players across college football, and so it's hard to not have that emotion sometimes, right? Yeah, most definitely, and. You, you can tell that these are the best of the best. Uh, I've played a lot of good players in my career, but so the top players that I've played is pretty much what I'm seeing out here too. Who In your years in the SEC, who was – give me a guy or two that was difficult, gave you a little bit of trouble. Uh, on my own team, <laughs> Gervon uh, – yeah, Gervon Dexter. Yeah, yeah, Big Dex. Yeah. Yeah, and watching him play on Sundays, he's uh, – TJ Slayton's another one too. Both those guys are definitely two guys that uh, prepared me for the moment, but – they, they were a handful at times. Anybody on other SEC teams, or do you not want to give them shine? Uh, I mean, Jalen Carter, he was a pretty solid player. I can, I, I'll say that because he's been dominating the NFL as well. Yeah. But Jalen Carter was a stud as well. Yeah. Not, not trying. You know, look, it happens. It's the SEC. Yeah. People get beat. Um, who's kind of stood out for, from you the first couple of days here that, that you've seen? Quarterbacks, running backs, receivers. Anybody stand out from you, um, you know, that you go, oh, that, that guy's really good? Ricky Pearsall. <laughs> Slip, my guy. He has been catching everything. No, they say, I mean, like one, one on one, seven on seven, like he has caught just about everything thrown his way. Yeah, most definitely. All right, so what's your schedule like now? Well, you're going to do the senior bowl this week. What's next? You go back home, work out, and yeah. get ready for combine, draft, all that stuff? So um, once I'm done here this week, I'm going to go back to, I've been training at Exos, so I'm going to head back to Exos and get ready for the combine. Do you, like, do you want to? keep adding muscle or is that kind of just just kind of staying in shape right now um you know staying in shape obviously if I can add more muscle that's always great but just trying to get my strength up my speed up just trying to become the best athlete that I can be so I can go uh, display my athleticism at the combine one more for you what are you going to miss most about your time in uh in Gainesville uh just you know I've always wanted to be a Gator since about eighth grade I had family members who went there so just rocking the orange and blue and kind of playing for for a team that I've always cared about like that but you know it's a great opportunity to be able to get to the next level and whoever whoever picks me I'll be blessed to be wearing those colors and and play my hardest for them so Ricky said he's going back any chance he gets same with you yeah most definitely most definitely <laughs> well, we'll look for you on the sidelines when you return he is Kingsley Aguakin best of luck man uh, the rest of this weekend and certainly moving forward and get ready for the draft all right yes sir appreciate you Thanks again to Kingsley Aguakin. Thank you guys for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Come on back tomorrow on the show. We talk it's a big picture, top 25 rankings for the SEC. Very early rankings, but we'll touch on that tomorrow on the show. Uh, for your second listen, go check out the, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today. Just go to YouTube, search Locked On Sports Today. And you'll find it there, streaming 24-7 with all the biggest top uh, sports stories of the day with our local experts from Locked On. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On SEC. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.